Good morning and welcome to thank Titus for leading those songs for me this morning. Um, those hit on the topic we want to discuss this morning, and I encourage you to take out a Bible open to Exodus, the 12th chapter. We have a lengthy reading to begin the sermon this morning. And as you do that, I want to say Happy Father's Day to the dads. And when I was asked about preaching, it was told, me, told to me that it was going to be Father's Day, and I didn't really think about the connection this sermon had to that day. And As we honor our earthly fathers, and, and we should do that, um, we should definitely take time today and, and every Sunday as we come together to honor and to be thankful about our Heavenly Father. Um, I have a connection to this. Many of you know I'm adopted, and so I understand that that sense of what it is to be adopted in an earthly sense, and I think that helps me understand the adoption we receive from God. So we want to talk about Christ, our Passover lamb, this morning, and, and I hope that the things we'll talk about will be beneficial to you, that it will be something you can carry with you throughout the week, and as you move forward Sunday to Sunday, thinking about the lamb of God. Um, we have 27 verses to read in Exodus chapter 12, and we're going to begin in verse number 1. It says, And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of the month you shall take to them every man a lamb according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. And if the household be too little for the lamb... Let him and his neighbor next to, unto his house take it according to the number of souls. Every man, according to his eating, shall make your account for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You shall take it out of the, from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it until the fourteenth day of the month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take the blood and strike it on the two side posts, and on the upper doorpost of the houses, wherein they shall eat it. And they shall eat the flesh that night, and roast with fire, and unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Eat not of it raw, nor sodden at all with water, but roast with fire, his head, his legs, and with the pertinence thereof. And you shall let nothing of it remain until morning, and that which remaineth of it until morning you shall burn with fire. Thus you shall eat it. With your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste, it is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment, I am the Lord. And the blood shall be for you a token unto the houses, upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt." And this day shall be unto you for a memorial, and you shall keep it a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You shall keep it a feast by an ordinance forever. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread, and the first day you shall put away leaven out of your houses. For whosoever eateth leaven bread from that first day until the seventh day, that soul shall be cut off from Israel. In the first day there shall be an holy convocation, and in the seventh day there shall be an holy convocation to you. No manner of work shall be done in them, save that which every man must eat, that only may be done of you. 
And you shall observe the Feast of Unleavened Bread. For in this selfsame day have I brought you your armies out of the land of Egypt. Therefore you shall observe this day in your generations by an ordinance forever. In the first month of the fourteenth day of the month, at even, you shall eat unleavened bread until one and twentieth day of the month at even. Seven days there shall be no leaven found in your houses. For whosoever eateth that which is leavened, even that soul shall be cut off from the congregation of Israel, whether you be a stranger or born in the land. You shall eat nothing leavened in all your habitations. You shall eat unleavened bread. Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said unto them, Draw out and take you a lamb according to your families and kill the Passover. And you shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in blood that is in the basin and strike the lintel and the two side posts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out that door of his house until the morning. For the Lord will pass through and smite the Egyptians. When he seeth the blood upon the lintel and upon the two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer the destroyer to come into your house to smite you. You shall observe this thing for an ordinance to thee and to thy sons forever. And it shall come to pass when you, come, when you become to the land where, which the Lord will give you, according as he has promised, that you shall keep this service. And it shall come to pass when your children say to you, What mean you by this service? You shall say it is a sacrifice of the Lord's Passover, who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt, when he smote the Egyptians and delivered our houses and the people bowed their head and worshipped. That is a lengthy reading, and there's a lot in that. Um, Callan talked last Sunday about how he likes to go to the Old Testament and see the shadow of things that were to come, and I believe we have a very definite shadow here in the Old Testament of something that we partake of in the New Testament. And we could talk about salvation and, and the things that were brought to us, but this morning... I want to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 5 there in verse number 7. Paul makes this connection for us. And he says, Purge out therefore the old leaven that you may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened, for even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. So Paul makes the connection when he's writing to the church in Corinth about Christ being our Passover and, and carries forward how we are to be an unleavened people. And so as I thought about this, I thought about all the connections that are made in the New Testament and how that ties into the communion that we partake of every Sunday morning. Now the children of Israel were to take a lamb once a year as they were led out of the land of Egypt, and it was a yearly memorial service for them, and that was for God leading them out of physical damage and harm that they were receiving. We partake of this on a weekly basis, and I believe... We, we'll look at some stuff as we get into this study that will bear evidence to that. But this was more than just passing over a physical death, and therefore it's kept more often. So we want to look at the, the things that are talked about in Exodus 12, the physical statutes, and, and look at the spiritual aspect and application of those things. As we do that, we will begin with a lamb according to each house. They were to go by the fathers and, and take a lamb to their households if the house was big enough. If it wasn't, they were to get together with their neighbor and, and they would slay a lamb according to that each could eat. Well, the same has been prepared for us by our Father. And the words of the song we led this morning, talking about the Lamb of God and, and God's only Son sent to us to be that perfect sacrifice. 
we see Jesus in John chapter 1, verse number 11. It says, He came unto His own, and His own received Him not. But as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. So it talks about Jesus here in John 1. It says, He came unto His own, and they would not receive Him. Those were the Jews. These were the people that should have known who the Christ was. And He, he calls them out on that fact several times. But there's a change here. And if you read John 8, you see the difference. When He's having a conversation with the Jews in John 8, they say, we have Abraham to our father. And that was the children of God to that point called themselves the children of Abraham. Well, Jesus brought a change, and He brought it to the whole world. It says here that to those that would believe on Him, He gave them power to be the sons of God. It wasn't to an earthly father anymore, to an earthly heritage, or an earthly line, but to be the children of God. And not born of blood, it's not about the seed of Abraham, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man. There's nothing that we could do to bring this about, but... God our Father made a way that He could bring us in and we could receive the adoption to be His children. And as His children, He prepared a sacrifice for us. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17 says, Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you and will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. And we have a really close tie here Back to Exodus 12. What was going on in Exodus 12? They prepared the Passover. They sacrificed the Passover. Jesus executed the tenth plague on the land of Egypt. And they got up and got out. And they became separate. And God received them unto Himself. And as we pass from the bondage of sin in this life and take on the blood of Christ to become the children of God, we pass out of being a part of this world. We're in the world, but we are now the children of God. Our identity is not to be found in any aspect of this life, but to whom we call Father. And as such, that Lamb was prepared for us. And He's a Lamb without blemish. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 says, For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. I don't know if we can truly grasp and appreciate the perfection that Jesus was. Now we can see the shadow of the thing in Exodus 12 and understand what a perfect animal is. If you've been involved in raising animals at all or doing show stuff, you, just, you know that animal when you see it. And Jesus Christ came to this earth and He lived the life and He was tempted exactly like we are. And, and I would say more so. You know, when you think about the tempting of Jesus as He was in the garden after He had fasted, Satan came to Him and said, Make these stones bread. Demonstrate your power. 
And then he came to him and said, I will make you ruler. I will turn over the dominion, the dominion that I have to you, and you will rule the whole world. He was flesh. Power is highly sought after by all of mankind. He came the rightful ruler of the world and came to be a servant. And he didn't fall to those things, but kept himself pure before God to be the perfect sacrifice. 1 Peter chapter 2, beginning in verse 21, says, For even hereunto were you called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. A lamb prepared by our Father, and he had a purpose. We're told that before the foundation of the world, God prepared the sacrifice. He was foreordained. And as he came to this earth and became a servant to all of mankind, he didn't even slip up in the things that he said. James said, if whoever can control the tongue is perfect in all their aspects, in all ways. You know, oftentimes, quite accidentally, I fail in the way that I speak and the things that I say. It doesn't take a lot for our tongue to get away from us. And as Christ dealt day in and day out with the Pharisees, the people that should have known who he was and been happy to see him, as they ridiculed and mocked him, there's one instance we see him just stoop down and draw with his finger in the sand. He held his peace. And as he goes to the cross and they mock, others, him, others he saved, himself he cannot save. He calls for Elias. God can save him if God will have him. But it was all part of God's purpose. And so Christ held his peace except to say, I thirst, Father forgive them, and why have you forsaken me? Without blemish, a perfect sacrifice. First Peter, or continuing in 1 Peter 2, it says, Who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously, who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sin, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. What was the purpose of the lamb that was slain in Egypt? It was so God would pass over the houses of the children of Israel. The lamb prepared and set aside according to house, and the blood upon the doorposts and upon the lintel, so God's judgment would be passed over. That lamb bore the punishment for the children of Israel. We're told that when Christ was hanging on the cross, He bare our sins in His body. As we come before the table week to week to, to start our week out, the, the bread that's broken is the body of Christ. And it, it wasn't just broken on our behalf, but He bore our sins bodily. He understood pain in this life. That was part of what it meant to live in the flesh. But something happened on the cross 
that was more than any of us can possibly grasp. If we have a conscience that works, we feel a twinge inside our, our gut, inside our heart, that lets us know when we've done something wrong. We, we get a sense of what it feels like to sin. Christ bore that pain physically. He had a connection with the Father that had been from everlasting and will be to everlasting, that for a time as He hung on the cross and became sin for you and I, sin separates from God. And so He bare that sin for us to become the sacrifice as the Lamb of God for us. An interesting thought that I had as I went through Exodus 12 was they were commanded to be ready to go. They were going to eat this at evening. And as they continued this Passover year to year, they were to make ready to go, to be reminded of how God immediately drew them out. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 8, says, We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and present with the Lord. Something that I have tried to incorporate now as I partake of the communion service and as I see the Lamb of God is that I am to be ready to leave this life. We get held into and, and tied into, especially in a country as um, wealthy and as predominant as ours is, of being held into this life. There's so many things to live for, and that's absolutely right, and, and mostly the impact and influence you can have on those around you and on your children, on your nieces and nephews, on the, the people that you know and interact with within the church. But Paul says we are confident and willing rather to be absent from the body. And we have weekly reminders. The children of Israel ate on a yearly basis with a reminder that they were to be ready to go. We have an opportunity week to week of a reminder that we should be ready to leave this life. And there's a lot of implications with that. If we're going to be ready to leave this life, we need to be living the kind of life week to week that fits that example of being unleavened. Of understanding that a sacrifice has been made on our behalf to free us from the bondage of sin. So we eat it with, with confidence that we would rather be present with the Lord. In the memorial service. Exodus 12 verse 26 and says, It shall come to pass when your children shall say unto you, What mean ye by this service? Then ye shall say, It is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover, who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt. When he smote the Egyptians and delivered our houses, and the people bowed their head and worshipped. There's a lot of debate and discussion about the frequency of this and how it loses... It's meaning. And that can happen. That's more about us and less about the service. The children of Israel, as they went to this year to year, were commanded to teach their children why they did it. Why do we take lamb every year, our best lamb, take the best hope of income we have and slay that and strike this blood over our doorpost. We get dressed, completely dressed at night, 
to eat supper. And then we burn whatever's left of the food. And it was to be a reminder to them of how they were brought out of bondage, out of Egypt. And so we have that memorial service for us today. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, beginning in verse number 25 says, In the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show of the Lord's death till he come. And that word show there is to proclaim. So they had a physical sacrifice to get them out of physical bondage so they could be the people of God. We have a, a physical sacrifice given for spiritual purposes taken before the throne of God to free us from eternal damnation. And when we do that, every time we do that, we proclaim that sacrifice. We proclaim that sacrifice to our children so they remember. We proclaim that sacrifice to ourselves so we remember. For we were bought with a price. And with that purchase came an expectation. So we want to look at our Passover lamb this morning and, and help us prepare our minds as we gather around the table this morning. Back to John 1, verse 29, he says, The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him, and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. John saw Jesus and rejoiced. And he made the proclamation about his purpose. The Lamb of God. Not so that God would pass over His judgment as He did in Egypt, but so that God would pass over His judgment of our sin. To take our sins from us and take that punishment unto Himself. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 says, For as much as you know that you are not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish, and without spot. There's nothing in this life or about this life that can save us. There's not works that we can do that will save us aside from Christ dying on the cross and shedding His blood for our sins. There wasn't a house in Egypt far enough away that the children of Israel could go to because they didn't want to sacrifice their best lamb and be saved. The sacrifice had to be made. It had to be offered. The blood had to be there on the doorposts. They had to eat it as they were ready to go and appreciate the sacrifice or the, the blessing of the Lord to take them out of bondage. So as of a lamb without blemish, and without spot. I have another lengthy reading. I encourage you to grab a Bible and open to Hebrews 9. We'll begin there in verse 11. <clears throat> it says, But Christ, being come and high priest of good things to come, 
by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building. Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once to the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctifies to the the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? For this cause, he is the mediator of a new covenant, that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. For where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. For a testament is a force after men are dead. Otherwise, it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. Whereupon neither the first testament was dedicated without blood. For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and goats with water and with scarlet wool and with hyssop, sprinkled both the book and all the people, saying, This is the blood of the testament which God hath enjoined unto you. Moreover, he sprinkled with blood the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry, and with all the things, and almost all things, are by the law purged with blood, and without the shedding of blood is no remission. It was therefore necessary that the patterns of things in heaven should be purified with these, but heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are figures of the true, but into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God for us. Nor yet should he offer himself often, as the high priest entered into the holy place every year with blood of others, for then he must have often suffered since the foundation of the world, but now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. As it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment, so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look, on, look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. There's a lot in this passage as well, but we want to focus on that sacrifice and on what it means. The sacrifice under the old law, in God's perfect mind, He set a pattern. That we could look back and see God's pattern throughout time. And the physical things of the law were sanctified by blood, but it was the blood of bulls and goats and and sanctification of earthly things. The lamb prepared for us by our Father took his own blood and appeared before God. Not in the holiest of holies in the tabernacle on earth. The curtain was rent in two. That place no longer existed. But took it before God himself to offer his blood for our sacrifice to be the atonement for our sins. So as we gather around the table week to week, examining the body that physically bore our sins on the cross, that suffered the punishment of God and the turning away of God from Himself on our behalf, and then took His blood before God to cleanse our sins, 
We see those things in examination of the bread and the fruit of the vine that is before us. And we're ready to go. We look for Him to appear a second time without sin for our salvation. In Matthew 26, we see the institution of the communion service. Verse 26, he says, And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it, and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. So they had unleavened bread. They were preparing for the Passover. They were during the time of unleavened bread. So they had unleavened bread in the house. Jesus took it and he broke it. And said, this is my body that is going to be broken for you. And he took the fruit of the vine. And said, this is my blood. Which is shed for many for the remission of sins. So as we take the bread and we take the fruit of the vine on a week-to-week basis, as they prepared for the Passover, we can acknowledge and appreciate the passing over of judgment for our sin. To see the reason that the Lamb of God was crucified on our behalf. We should see those things and acknowledge the perfection that Jesus Christ was that did no sin, nor was guile found in his mouth. But he was a sacrifice prepared by our Father. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, again, beginning in verse 27, he says, Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. When we come before the table, and we gather to commune with the body and the blood of Jesus Christ, We're given a command to examine ourselves. Now the specific command is to make an examination to be sure that we acknowledge the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. That while we have bread in our hand, that we know what we're eating. While we have grape juice in a cup, we acknowledge why we're drinking it. That we acknowledge and discern the body and blood of Jesus And to do so without doing those things causes us to lose our spirituality. He says, For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. Let a man examine himself. As we look at the body and the blood of Jesus and acknowledge the sacrifice prepared by our Father, made on our behalf, the body that bore our sins and the blood that was shed to wash them away, 
we should acknowledge the kind of people that we are to be week to week. The children of Israel were told during the week that was Passover for them, not just not to eat unleavened bread, no partaking of things that are leavened, but to put it out of their house. Nothing leavened in the house during that time. Our lives are to be unleavened before God. He says in 1 Corinthians 5, to purge out the leaven, to live a life that is pure. And so we should acknowledge that as we take this Passover, where have we allowed leaven in our lives? Where am I not living up to the example that is Jesus Christ? So we gather around the table, we shouldn't worry about and be patting ourselves on the back that we're here partaking of this sacrifice while others are not attending church, while they're out on the lake or at the park or at a ball game. It's not a time for examination of other people and, and how we can reach them, but a time of examination of ourselves and why the sacrifice was made for me. An opportunity for me to acknowledge that I needed that sacrifice and I need that blood every day. And an acknowledgement that God passes over my sins because of the blood of Jesus. An interesting point here. There's a lot of debate about how often this should be done. The children of Israel partook of their Passover feast once a year. There are those that partake of this at Easter. There are those that partake of it quarterly, that special occasions and so forth. It was important enough that in the same chapter where Paul talks about the requirements and the necessity of doing this properly, he says there are other things that you're getting wrong and I'll set those in order when I come. If this was something they were doing once a year or once a quarter or once a month, why could that not wait till Paul got to Corinth to set in order? It was important enough to him, for him to address it in a letter and to address it very thoroughly and to tell them, you have to get this right because not getting it right is costing you your spiritual life. For this cause, many sleep. So it was obviously more than an irregular service. In verse 31, he says, If we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened to the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. So as we come together and we examine ourselves and discern the body and the blood of Jesus Christ, he says, You should judge yourself. In light of the perfect sacrifice, in light of what God has given on your behalf, judge yourself that you don't be condemned with the world. And about the frequency in Acts chapter 20, verse 7, it says, Upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and continued his speech until midnight. The disciples gathered together on the first day of the week. And we're not told here that it was every first day of the week, but there's an implication of that was their custom. 
And when you combine that with what we read in 1 Corinthians 11 about the importance that Paul put on it, because this was something they were obviously doing regularly, and there was an expectation of them to do it regularly, we can imply that it was not just a first day of the week, but every first day of the week. Put this question to you. The children of the church at Corinth was obviously getting this wrong. They were not partaking of communion in a healthy manner. If it was something that could have been done irregularly, why didn't Paul just write to them and say, hey, hold off doing this until I get there? Just wait, we'll fix it when I come. He said, these are the things you need to be doing. The children of Israel partook of a sacrifice on an annual basis for physical delivery of persecution and physical lambs that were slain for their behalf. We partake on a weekly basis because the deliverance that we have received is so much greater. And we need to be reminded regularly. And we need to proclaim the blood of Jesus and the body of Jesus to the world regularly. Because they need to know about the gift that has been given and the price that was paid to secure their freedom. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 16 says, This cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? This bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? As we partake of this, Paul uses this example in 1 Corinthians 10 to remind them to be separate. He's talking about partaking of things that are offered to idols and, and the, the kind of life that many of these people are living. He tells them not to tempt God as the Israelites tempted or not to fall to fornication as the Israelites fell to fornication. And he brings this reminder of the communion of the blood and the body of Christ to remain separate. Remember whose you are. Remember who your Father is and the expectation that is placed upon us to be a part of His house. And we have that opportunity every Lord's Day as we commune with the blood of Jesus Christ and with the body, the Lamb of God. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 24 says, When he had given thanks, he broke it, and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup, when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. And so we have come together on the Lord's day, to gather ourselves out of the world and to be separate. Everyone is welcome and invited here. And as we gather around the table every Lord's Day, we proclaim the death of Jesus Christ. We proclaim that our Father cared enough to prepare a sacrifice for us and to see that sacrifice through. That He took the best that He had and gave it for all to have a relationship or to give the opportunity of a relationship to all of mankind. So as we partake this morning, proclaim the death of Christ.
take the, the bread and understand what you're doing. Eat it in a manner that is ready to depart from this life. Not hurriedly so, but understanding the promise that we have been given. And the prices that, that has been paid for us. There are those that are outside of the body of Christ. That haven't become part of His family. If you have been taught about that and haven't taken those steps necessary to become a son of God or a daughter of God, I encourage you to do that today. In Matthew 11, verse 28, Jesus said, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest under your souls. As we gather as a church, as a congregation, we offer the invitation of Christ. It's His invitation, and we stand ready, willing, and able to serve if you have a need the church can meet today. If you haven't become a child of God and are ready to partake of the sacrifice made on your behalf as God transmitted your sins to His Son, or if you started that walk and have fallen away, if you need the prayers of the church today, we encourage you to come as we stand and as we sing.